Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year, brother. I feel like uh, we, we did happy holidays. Now we're doing a happy new year. Back to back. Here we go. So, Raymond, at the beginning of last week's episode, you had mentioned that you uh, you'd mentioned your your holiday wishes. Well, now we've got the new year coming. What are the New Year's wishes that you have? I'm glad you asked that because I have uh, a few that I'd like to go over. So first, I would like the 49ers to cap off week 17 with a win over the Seahawks. I would like the Warriors to exhibit as much offense as Steph Curry does alone, meaning his supporting cast members. I would like the Warriors' defense to be as good as Steve Kerr hopes, i.e. top 10. And I would like the 49ers to consider firing the entire strength and conditioning staff once again. Okay, wait a minute. Hold up. That's... You said those exact same things on the last podcast. Coincidentally, that is correct. <laughs> All right, Ray, before we get started, why don't you let them know where can they find us? You can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, you can find The Gold Cast. If you're doing it on the YouTubes, make sure to like, subscribe, and comment because that feeds the algorithm. And be sure to hit the little notification bell because that is the best way to get instant notifications of when our episodes go live to the interwebs on the line, as we say here at The Gold Cast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we want to hear your voice in the conversation. Oh, yeah. Raymond, this is it, brother. This is our final preview game of the year. When we return, it will be for the next season. This is it for the Niners section. This is always kind of a always a little bittersweet when we don't make it to the playoffs. When we make it to the playoffs, it's hype time. It's the hype train. We are going full hard body karate into this next level. But this is obviously... Uh, we are going to be saying goodbye to our 49ers for a little bit of time. Um, and so this is always kind of a sad, this is, this, this podcast is a little sad for me. We're, we're saying goodbye to our 49ers. So, uh, here we go. We're go This is our final preview episode, week 17. The Seahawks are coming to town and by town, we mean Arizona here. Oh no, 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 no. Actually we're playing. I think we're playing in Levi. Are we playing in Levi? It says here. We're back at Santa Clara. No, I think we're in Arizona. I don't believe. Pretty sure we're in Arizona the remainder of the season, but that, but the websites haven't been updated. updated with yeah, that. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. By home, I do mean Arizona. Here we go. The greatest podcast intro is about to start. The greatest professor of fanalism, he's in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game, he's in the building too. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to the last preview edition of the 49ers. I am your host, Rudy Cease III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! 
Raymond, I almost screwed that up because I don't normally do that intro like that. And that almost threw me off my game. I was right there. I was right on the edge. And I bounced, brought it right back. Anyways, Raymond, we are here. This is the last preview episode for this season. The 49ers obviously not advancing to the postseason. If you don't know that, I'm not sure if you're actually a 49ers fan. <laughs> this may be the wrong show. Uh, but either way, Raymond, they are. This is it for us. This is the end of the road. I'm always a little bit sad during this time period when we don't get to uh, when I know that there are no more games left to preview. Always a little sad. Um, so here we go. But we're going into this uh, week 17 Seahawks coming into town and by town, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, Arizona. Uh, so the this was a game that was basically on the schedule last year for the hundredth season. The best rivalry of the decade was to cap off the season, and it was for the first seed or the fifth seed. Seattle versus San Francisco, the two mega powerhouses of the last 10 years, meeting once again in the NFC Championship to decide who, I mean, not the NFC Championship, to decide who would win the NFC West seed, the number one seed in the conference and in the division. That literally ended on the final play of the game. So when this one was put on the docket this year, I was pretty excited. I thought, okay, here we go. There Once again, this game is back on the docket. Shanahan even said in one of his uh, uh, press conferences, like, you know, this game usually gives my family a heart attack, uh, gives us heart attacks, but we're looking forward to it. Unfortunately, this is not the game that we expected. This is anything but the game that we expected. This is pretty much the opposite. We have a 49ers team decimated by injuries this entire season, and this is... Now their final hurrah. They're in the uh, they're in the position now. The the most the best position you could possibly be in at this point. The thing you can hope for is to play spoiler. And so if the Niners can defeat the Seahawks, I believe the Rams will move into the number one spot for the NFC West. Am I correct on that? If you are, God, that is a lose lose scenario if you're a 49ers fan i don't want to see any of these teams make the playoffs i mean we have already pretty much damned the cardinals so that's good news but man if beating one gets the other one in i suppose if i had to trade between the los angeles rams and the seahawks i would probably want to knock the seahawks out of position and p elevate the rams just to give just because the Seattle has bested us so more than any of these other NFC West teams over the years, that's because they've retained a lot of the key components that took them to back-to-back -back Super Bowls during the Jim Harbaugh era. You know, mainly you know Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll being the two big driving forces that have <coughs> that have stayed, you know, consistent with you know maintaining the uh, the persona of this team. But, man, that is a tough pill to swallow no matter how you slice it. But I suppose I will take the – I don't know if – I feel like I'm taking the blue pill no matter what, and I'm not going to Wonderland. Um, I'm going back to reality into my cubicle desk like Neo had to choose in The Matrix. And so I guess I take the blue pill and hope that Seattle loses and that the Rams get elevated into division – division championship position, but that's by default. So, I mean, the, the, I guess the other silver one lining. One of our rivals has to win if we don't. Yeah, right? I mean, I guess the, the one, you know, I guess silver lining to it, if you're a Niners fan, is that the Rams didn't earn it. You know, they were gifted to it by the 49ers. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. So, here we go, man. This is, uh, you know, 
I'm not convinced that Seahawks are super good. They've been very sketchy all year, but for some reason, as we already mentioned, when they come into San Francisco, they play us very, very hard. They have not looked nearly as dominant across the league and across the division, but for some reason, Pete Carroll just seems to have the Niners number no matter who the coach is. And uh, um, I thought Shanahan's game plan was pretty was, – was fairly suspect the last time so let's see what happens this week i'm i'm holding out hope that it gets a little bit better but let's start of course raymond always with what vegas is saying about the general outline what does the betting public say about this game so let's get started here so nfl week 17 seahawks at 49ers this game uh the seahawks the seattle seahawks are 11 and 4 pretty good uh pretty good record there there are four and three on the road. San Francisco, six and nine. We are one and six at home. We have been god awful at home. But then again, we haven't even played at home for half these games. So, but we we know we we I believe did we have a better road record last year too? Is that true? Yeah the the first C- Seahawks game was in Seattle and we lost that in overtime, and then we lost to the Ravens on the road. So two road, no, actually no. So it was the opposite. So I mean, two out of our three losses last year were on the road. Mm, okay. And the other, so, the Atlanta game was at home. Okay. This game is going to be this Sunday, January third, uh, twenty twenty one. It's going to be at four, uh, uh, well, one twenty five Eastern. And let's look at what we have here. So. Right now, or one twenty-five. You mean Pacific time? Pacific time. Home sorry, game. One, yes, home game. You got it. Uh, so it's important to note that these lines are uh, as up to date as of this Wednesday. We normally record this episode on Thursday. These are the lines, and everything the Saturday report, or the injury report, everything we're dropping to you will be as up to date as of Wednesday. But obviously, we're not recording on Thursday because it's New Year's Eve. All right, and none of you guys are going to be listening to this. You're all going to be drunk watching videos of the 2019 49ers season. Not a bad decision, too, if you choose to do that. I wouldn't judge anyone. No, not at all. So the spread right now, Seattle, they still have us in a tight one. Seattle is obviously the favorites. They have the minus 5.5. San Francisco, obviously 5.5. Okay. The over-under total, 46.5 points. And right now, the betting public, nobody believes in the 49ers. 80% of the Vegas betting public is putting their money on Seattle. Don't blame them at all, uh, and, right at there at all. So let's take a look here. Let's look at uh, some stats. So Seattle is averaging 28.9 points per game this season. That's number seven in the NFL. Seattle is only surrendering 23.2 points per game this season. That's tied for 12th in the NFL. San Francisco's averaging... 23.5 points per game. That's 20th in the NFL. And they're surrendering 24.3 points per game, tied for 16th in the NFL. So they are averaging about identical, Raymond, what Seattle allows. So that plays right into Seattle's hands as far as just from that really basic metric. Um, so, uh, so they're average, they're surrendering 24 points per game, which is about four points less than Seattle's used to making. But in general, this, uh, of course, the numbers are not on our side, 
But we're going to kind of break that down and go into our matchups and what things actually going to happen in a minute. I'm going to pass this off to you now. Let the people know, of course, about the dreaded and ever-constant injury report. As of Wednesday today, December 30th, what are you seeing on the injury report? Well, Kyle Shanahan already announced earlier in the week that Trent Williams' ankle will not be participating this Sunday. So there goes a huge. Well, I didn't. I did not hear that. Are you serious? Yes. Left Trent tackle. Williams is out. Oh my god. Oh, it it, it gets it gets better. Uh, stick around. Um, Brandon Ayuk, also dealing with an ankle injury, he's out for this Sunday game. This was all announced earlier in the week, shortly after the victory uh, this past week against the Cardinals. So Brandon, no Brandon Ayuk, no Trent Williams. That to me is actually ties into which is why i kind of alluded to my preview leanings in our previous episode i will give that up here as we get to the predictions but that's a that's a huge blow um richard sherman dealing with a calf injury he didn't participate in practice today kevin givens one of our defensive linemen uh, depth players didn't participate today non-injury related but you know not someone that you care either way if he's in the lineup no offense Deion Jordan, the free agent acquisition that we got during the season to just fill in some of the defensive linemen we were losing. He was limited in practice today. Um, He'll probably play. Javon Kinlaw, dealing with a knee injury, did not participate in practice. Tavarius Moore, our defensive back, uh, he was limited in practice today. Emmanuel Mosley, limited in practice today. Um, They will most likely suit up this Sunday. Limited in practice today is a good sign. Um, We'll see how tomorrow plans out. I'm not, I think they might have a break on Friday unless they're practicing on New Year's Day. We'll see how, how that goes. Mark Nasacha dealing with an illness. He didn't participate today. He'll most likely be ready to go. We know Debo Samuel's not in the lineup. Justin School dealing with a knee injury. Limited in practice today. He'll most likely play. Jimmy Ward is in concussion, was in concussion protocol, but he was a full participant today. Great news there. We need him in the lineup. Kawan Williams have, had, dealing with that shin injury. Uh, he did not participate today. This is one to watch out for because we definitely need him in the lineup. He's obviously a difference maker. He can sack the quarterback. He can cover. He can stop the run. He's just a multi-gadget player, very similar to Jimmy Ward uh, in that regard. He's our nickel down back, so love to see him there. So we'll have to see how watch the injury reports tomorrow to see if Kawan Williams shows up. If he's not there, things are not looking good. If he shows up, things are looking good. I already told you Trent Williams is out, Jordan Willis. Didn't participate today. I don't expect him to play. Charlie Warner, one of the drafty tight ends, uh, was a full participant today, but I'm not expecting much out of him because George Kittle's back, and he also we also have Jordan Reed. So having both of them in the lineup really doesn't bode well for Charlie Warner. Not a bad thing necessarily, just kind of a too bad situation for him. But you know, when you have two, you know, one Pro Bowl caliber player and Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed is and George Kittle, who is a bona fide Pro Bowler. You know, there's not much argument you can make for Charlie Warner getting in the lineup and getting any touches. On the Seattle side, DJ Dallas ankle didn't participate. Not a big deal because Carson Carson's probably going to be getting most of the uh, the snaps anyways. He, Jason, by the way, he sounds he sounds like he is a, a EDM uh, EDM Coachella mainstay hailing from Texas for obvious reasons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jason Stanley, cornerback, hamstring, didn't participate. 
Uh, Demarius Randall, strong safety, didn't participate. Mikey Potty did not participate today. Greg Olson did not participate today. Carlos Hyde, illness, did not participate today. I expect him to be there on Sunday. Dwayne Brown, another tackle, limited in practice today. Brandon Shell, another tackle, limited in practice today. Jaron Reed, defensive tackle, limited in practice. Ryan Neal, limited in practice. Uh, Chris Carson, limited in practice. Chris Carson will play, make no doubts about it. But Carlos Dunlap, uh, defensive end, limited in practice. Sw uh, Freddie Swain, wide receiver, full participant. I mean, but again, this is our support guys. I mean, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are the two monsters that you really have to account for. You mean their support uh, guys? Their support not guys. Our support Jamal Adams, yes. Jamal Adams, strong safety, full participant. Tyler Ott, long snapper, who cares? LJ Collier, defensive end, full participant. And Brian Moan, defensive tackle, full participant. So long lists on both sides of the equation here, although... I want to say Seattle is by far the healthier team that is reflected in their record at 11 and four playoff bound, no matter what the result is of this game, which is far more than I can say for our dear 49ers. But if you want to get more information on how little I care of this team, then you're going to want to go to the 12th man cast, the 12th cast or the, what the hell is a Seahawk cast? Rudy, I believe you listened to a few uh, a few different uh, podcasts. Which ones are those? Yeah, there's actually a couple sub-faction rival podcasts amongst each other happening in Seattle. There is the How Can We Have 12 When No One's In The Stands cast. There is the uh, We're Pumping the Same Amount of Noise as We Did Before, But It's Not the Same cast. Um, I, those are some popular ones. There's another one. This is my favorite. I Hate the Seahawks cast. <laughs> that's my favorite uh podcast of theirs as well that, that's good guys my, that's good mine guys. too the yeah. good guys good guys, good guys. Uh, we may guest star on it every day of our life that might yeah. be just how we live <laughs> friends uh, of the show <laughs> friends of the show friends of the show. <laughs> friends of the show there's johnny dell there's max there's louis b there's we hate i hate the seahawks cast <laughs> yeah um so to me i mean this really comes down to matchups right i mean it always comes down to matchups and of course everyone's been talking about how the seahawks defense has woken up as of late and they've given up just 14 and a half points over their past five weeks but what i thought was interesting which i want to talk about here is like okay who are those last five opponents? Let's take a close look to see who mm. those last five opponents were. The first mm. one, starting from, I'm going from most recent backwards, the Rams, which they won 20 to nine. Now the Rams, we know, have already been regressing in this latter half of the season and been, been losing ground. And that's because, again, their running game is inconsistent. You have a quarterback who, you, who is a pocket more, mostly a pocket pass, passer, although he can run. But if you pressure him enough, he's very easy to rattle. And that is a huge liability for that team. They beat the Washington football team, not known for their offensive prowess. They only scored 15 points in that game. And again, they're dealing with Alex Smith was the backup, but he got injured. And now they're back down to Dwayne Haskins. I don't know if that's still the case. I think it is. No, he got booted off the team. He was cut. Oh, you Haskins did? Because he went to like a strip club. Like, oh, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. He didn't know. You know, I didn't know it was a strip club. And wait, wait, hold up. There's a pandemic. 
Yeah. Like, what? Mm. I thought, I'm just meeting up with a homegirl who just happened <laughs> to work at this restaurant. I've um, got a lot of friends named Caramel. That's a very common name. Yes. <laughs> and her sister, Salty, was there. So, <laughs> um, so, so again, Rams, Washington football team, not big offensive powerhouses here. Not Okay, let's keep going. The third team they beat in this list, the New York Jets, who only recently won their first game of the season. Before that, they lost to, guess who? The New York Giants, another dismal team who has been playing better in the second half, but let's face it, this is the New York Giants. They're going to have a top 10 draft position this next coming offseason. And the team before that, just for good measure, was the Philadelphia Eagles. So outside of the Rams, I see a pattern here of subpar teams that Seattle was able to get past. And by the way, Philadelphia, 23-17. New York, uh, the Jets, 43 was the only convincing win here. Washington football, 20-15. to uh, The Rams was a two-possession win, I, I guess. I mean, not by much, 20-9. Uh, one two-point conversion, and you're pretty darn close to that team. Washington, one possession game. The Giants, they lost by one possession. And the Eagles, they beat by one possession. So outside of the Jets, which was the only convincing 40-3 blowout, this is still, in my opinion, very much the same team. They've just been facing inferior opponents um, that make their defense look much better than they are. I still think this is a subpar defense like you do. But unfortunately, I just think there's a little bit too much health that is giving advantage to this contest coming up. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about matchups. I mean, you just dropped the one matchup that I think we need to talk about. The only matchup that's really going to even matter in this game, Trent Williams. We have an offensive line that's been exposed all season long. Nick Mullins, we saw the beating he took. You said earlier on this podcast, earlier in the season, that if Nick Mullins keeps getting pummeled like this, he will go down and he lasted longer than we expected but unfortunately he went down and so now we've got cj bethard who played fairly well last week but we also know summer dick mullins he's only capable of playing at this level for a really short time and then it goes down pretty fast okay so if he's going to have the same offensive line issues that nick mullins had i think you can confidently expect a pretty intense beating coming to him this Sunday. The question is, are we going to be able to work around Trent Williams? Obviously, we're probably going to put George Kittle on that side sometimes, but we can't have George Kittle over there just blocking all day, double teaming, because then we lose him as a, as an offensive player, uh, as an offensive receiver. Then also we have Ayuk, who has been our Swiss Army knife all season long, has basically been Debo 2.0. He's out of the lineup. So who takes the place of Debo Samuels in this lineup? Because is Debo is Debo, Debo's not even coming back, right? Right on no, that, the, right? no, he's done for the year. Yeah, he's done he's for the done. year. So now we've got we've got a, we've got these we we are already very very tight at wide receiver, and it looks like we're going to continue being tight at this position. And I just think that defensively, this is a team that whether or not they've earned it, they believe that they are 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 firing on all cylinders, and they are we have they have no wide receivers to contend with. They have a left the, the our best lineman, the left tackle Trent Williams, gone. I mean, if I'm sitting there and I'm Seattle, I'm thinking we we cover we cover the backups of the wide receivers. We attack from the end. Goodbye. This is done in four quarters. 
So, Raymond, let me ask you, what do you see? What do you see? I mean, are, are you are you? Yes, I agree with you. Or are you like, well, no, here's how we can get around this. I I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't think whoever I think whoever comes in at left tackle is just there. Seattle's going to do exactly what every team does. Where's the biggest glaring weakness that they're dealing with right now? Let's expose it. For example, Emmanuel Mosley and Sherman were out multiple games this year. Whoever was filling in that gap, every team targeted that person. At one point, it was a rookie off of, you know, practice squad. So he just got torched. I forget which game it was, but he just got torched hard. And so I think, you know, expect the pass rush to just get pummeled on that left tackle side. And it's unfortunate, but I think that's going to be a huge thing. I mean, the, the good news is that C.J. Beathard is probably the most mobile out of all three of our quarterbacks, so I do expect him to use his legs a little bit. And if, if I was Kyle Shanahan, I think it's it would be prudent to encourage him to step out and run a little bit, just obviously be smart about it. You, you, we obviously know that there is a right way to you know, run, there's a football way to run, and then there's a smart way to run. You know, I think Russell Wilson is an example of the smart way to run. Kyler Murray is an example of the football way to run. Lamar Jackson, also an example of the football way to run. And then, yeah, you know, so I think C.J. Beathard is kind of somewhere in between. Sometimes I've seen him take hits. Sometimes, you know, he's, he's done the right thing. But we'll just have to see. I think... Uh, I think, but I think Seattle's going to expose this this weakness hard, and if Sherman doesn't play because of the calf injury, then I expect whoever fills in, if it's Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett, not a bad combination, but I know that Emmanuel Mosley can only handle so much of DK Metcalf, and that will eventually, DK Metcalf will eventually win that battle, um, as he did earlier in the season. So we'll just have to wait and see. I, I, again, that's not a favorable matchup. I don't like that one. I like Kawan Williams and Tyler Lockett. I also like Kawan Williams versus Jason Verrett. I think those are good matchups for our guys. Um, again, DK Metcalf is the one big X. He's just so darn big and so darn fast. He's just a freak. You know, he's you know similar to Terrell Owens. You know, uh, Terrell Owens was had tremendous size and tremendous speed. And it just made him very difficult to deal with. And DK Metcalf has really come into his own this season, which is why I think he's just kind of a nightmare matchup, especially since he just keeps getting better. Um, which, if you're a Seahawks fan, you'd love to see. If you're any other team, you're dreading that. Unless, of course, you have him on your fantasy, then good job. But uh, that to Actually, me, our cousin Brian, yeah, on the, those those are that the I defeated for yes, the championship. That's right, back to back championships. Um, and so to me, I think um, those are the big ones that stick out to me. Defensively, I think the Niners will be able to hang for about half half of this contest. And then I think third and fourth quarter, this is really going to start to slip away because I just think the offense is not going to be able to generate as much efficiency as they did last week. You know, don't expect over 200 yards rushing against the Seattle team, even though their defense is not you know, not the greatest defense against the run, but I still expect them. They're easier to pass against than to rush against, but with so many guys out with pass protection compromise and so many receiving weapons out, you know, that limits our ability to be, to be efficient. 
and we need the running game in order to be more efficient in the pass because that sets up Kyle Shanahan's play action pass. And I just don't know if that's going to be a big tool that we're going to be able to expose against the Seahawks because I just feel like we're just missing too many guys, which has been the story of the season. Absolutely. It has been the story of the season. And uh, the, uh, again, you know, we're kind of going into uh, our final contest depleted and without missing a lot of weapons and just missing what we need to effectively pull off Kyle Shanahan and Robert Salah's schemes to the utmost of their ability. So, Raymond, with that, what is your final prediction for the final game for the 49ers this season? To me, I think there's just too much health problems with the 49ers against a team that can put up points when they're hot, they're hot, and they tend to play us very well despite being very hot and cold against every other team. Um, so I really think, even though I'm the eternal optimist, I really the, the realist side of me is kicking in for this particular game. I do think the Seahawks win here. I think it's something around the lines of, 27 17 something around there i was going to play the role of foolish optimist and go for the niners but once you told me trent williams was out that was it for me um i think that's a wrap that and brandon knight together is just too much to overcome we hope with all sincerity that this is not the case we really do but I'm going to say this kind of goes into blowout territory. I'm going to go 32-21, 32-20, but I'll, I'll stick with 32-21. I think we put up one more gar uh uh one more touchdown in garbage time to make it not look quite not make it look like we lose 32 to 14. <laughs> and I think that's about a wrap. Um and so what say you Goldcast Nation? Let us know in the comments. Go to youtube.com/goldcast and let us know what your pick is for the final game of the season. And then, of course, Raymond, we'll be back in the new year to recap this final 49ers game. We will. Uh, and then, of course, we will be following the playoffs. We'll be following all of our NFC rest rivals and just having general discussion. And, of course, Warriors are back. Baseball, not that far behind away, just a couple months away. Very much looking forward to this new uh, San Francisco Giants season after their stellar performance last year, kind of surprise performance. And right now with the Warriors, we are going to be bringing Candlestick Will back in to start talking Warriors weekly. Uh, I am really excited, Raymond, about James Wiseman, the rookie. The kid is good. I mean, it's only, it's only been four games, but he seems to fit like a glove. Um, he doesn't look like a 19-year-old trying to find his way in the National Basketball Association. He seems like a pro. Uh, playing center the way you should play center, which is really, really encouraging. I know it's early in the season, but f considering his age and his position, to have him play the way he's played in the first four games of the year is you got to feel pretty damn good about his growth going forward. Yeah, analysts, a lot of analysts have kind of commented on his length, his offense and defense. I mean, the kid could be special and so i'm really excited i'm really excited to follow his season with the warriors and it's great to see steph back playing at the level that he is i just totally wish Clay was totally here i mean they're hey they're at 500 but i mean but i'm um, not to not to you know I, I know we're gonna get more into that when kind of stick will comes back but going back to the niner game i'd like to talk about 
players to watch. Um, oh, yeah. Let's hit our players to watch before we wrap. Yeah. Offensively, I'm going to say keep your eyes on C.J. Beathard. How does he handle the pocket against a pass rush that's going to be taking advantage of a vulnerability on the left tackle side of things? And then defensively, you know, I think let's, uh, you know, I'm going to actually go to Fred Warner. Fred Warner played, has been playing outstanding. I believe he's going to the Pro Bowl. So let's see how he finishes the season, how he can help generate opportunities for the offense to get back on the field and stay in this game as close as they can because they have a feeling that they're going to be playing behind most of this contest. So eyes on Kurt Warner defense or Kurt Warner eyes on Fred Warner uh, defensively and offensively. Let's see how our man CJ does. All right. And then very quickly on my end, I'm going to say, I want you to pay attention to the left side of the line. How do they handle Trent Williams being out? This is something we always, this in, this dreaded injury bug that we had with the Niners dating all the way back to 2014 Harbaugh's last year has not gone away. So how does the left side of the line, how, what do they do to scheme and try to protect uh, CJ Beathard's blind side? The next thing I wanted, I'm looking for on defense is Kerry Hyder. How does Kerry Hyder handle the pressure? If he's going to be with us for the next one to two years beyond this, how does he handle the Seattle Seahawks? Because this is the team we will have to go through year in and year out to take the number one seed, and they're going to have to come through us, especially yeah. if we're going to stay healthy. So Barring any players. injury to Russell Wilson, they're always going to be in it as long as he's in the lineup. Absolutely. So there you go. Those are our players to watch. Let us know what you think. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Join the conversation. And so concludes another edition of the gold cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cease the third. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time. Same gold cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.